Hello, hello. Thank you for coming to End Capital Today's um, channel. And thank you for supporting this channel, this podcast. And uh, make sure you check me out on YouTube, uh, End Capital Today. That is the caption on YouTube. And I have been creating videos and content as much as I can to bring more uh, awareness to the system of capitalism. We are in a 21st century world and we have a system called capitalism that is um, you know, been around since feudalism left Europe. And we have to analyze that system. We have to make decisions about it because it is um, continuing to affect us in so many ways, our lives, uh, how we live, uh, how we die. All of that is uh, part of the system of capital. And it is a system that has a language of its own. It is a system that operates with its own agenda, right? And it does not put into consideration the lives and the pain and the um, discomfort and the changes in the lives of people. What I'm saying is that it is not meeting us in the middle. It is not meeting us at a level where we can say at this point in history that it is the best system for us. And um, it is time. It is time to really uh, give this system more more eyes, more voices, because we have disparities, right, among ourselves because of this system, because of competition, because of rich and poor, because of all of the divisions that it is causing in this world. It is it is worth saying that we need to look at it. We need to look at the evidence, not the opinions, right? Um, you have so many people who believe that it is the best system and therefore uh, it should continue, but um, the evidence shows something else. So we have to get comfortable with evidence. We have to get comfortable with um, what the data is saying versus what we believe and what our opinions are about. Because in a 21st century world, and with so much information, we, we just have to get out of the mentality of uh, me, 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 and I, 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 and get into the mindset of we and us. What are we going to do to help ourselves uh, help each other in a world that is constantly calling on us to do just that? In a world that is constantly telling us that the best way forward is through collaboration and understanding of one another. It is the best way. But under the system of capital, um, you see so much um, competition, so much um uh, discrimination, um, so much pain, so much uh, instability because of that system that, uh, you know, we, we really just have to make a decision here. What are we going to, what are we going to do now and for the future? Are we going to continue to, uh, you know, think that uh, a, a job is going to solve the world's problems? Are we going to continue to believe that being rich is the ultimate um, you know, goal for each of us. Uh, we have to make decisions here. We, ha we have to be grown-ups. We have to not only help this generation, but also uh, future generations as well, because we, don't, we tend to not incorporate them into decisions, and we tend to not think of their lives in the future. And that is such a, um, a selfish, um, just non-strategic way of looking at uh, resources that we have and uh, policies that we have uh, to look at them as strictly from the past and the present 
but not with the intent to solve the problems now so that future generations can have healthier lifestyles. Um, you know, one of the greatest problems that I have is that, you know, the politician and the venture capitalists are not looking at uh, what life is going to be like for future generations. Uh, and, you know, will they have the resources that they need to, um, to live healthy lives? And that worries me because, I mean, I'm a mom and I want to feel that my son will have greater resources in the future. I want to feel that um, the, the issues that we have now, uh, he, he will not face that in the future with his fellow um, citizens. So, you know, one of the reasons I continuously work to um, bring awareness to the issues is because I'm thinking futuristic. Uh, because I have seen the past with my parents and heard about it, as well as uh, living in the present, um, I want to do my part to contribute to the world in a positive way, to not live mo mostly in an individualistic way. And I encourage you to get into that idea, get into your minds and your hearts that uh, you have to do your part. You have to be socially responsible in this world. You cannot operate simply on your, your system of uh, belief and opinion and uh, what you hold dear to you. You have to connect to people. And that is the whole idea of this initiative is that you connect to the global world to see what is it that they are doing and how is it that all of that is is uh, familiar or similar to to your life. Uh, that That is a, um, a humanitarian approach. Um, that is my ultimate goal. It should just make people think beyond their own lives, beyond their own surroundings, and to get better at uh, looking at the world as your playground, as your uh, place of um, place that gives you opportunities and resources, and therefore your ultimate, um, your ultimate uh, goal should be about preserving and helping and doing something good so that when you leave the world, you have a legacy that is worth looking at, that people are going to look at your work and say, this person made a mark in this world. This person did this. You don't want to leave the world in a, on a sour patch note, right? I mean, it, it's just, it leaves a bad taste in, in the world and in the hearts of people. So I encourage you to be that different person, to be the person who focuses on um, humanitarian deeds and human, humanitarian acts versus relying on capitalism and its competitiveness. Uh, kind of want to just, you know, go back to rich and the poor relationship. Uh, last time I was talking about how rich people ruin our lives and they do it in such an ignorant and selfish way that they continue to believe that um, being rich is the ultimate uh, goal, that being rich is the best thing in life. And you see them, you see when uh, rich people become rich, they tend to take on a guru mentality. They want everybody to be rich. So, you know, they they go on uh, different tours or different movements and agendas to promote money, richness. Um, and it's, a, it's such a paradox. It's such it's great irony, right? Because how is it that you have gone through the rags phases where you did not have anything, where you sort of struggle firsthand and you experience the struggle firsthand, yet you gain some privileges, you gain some 
uh, funds and your your approach now is oh yeah everybody is going to everybody can do this if i can do this everybody can do this but is that a realistic approach is that what should be promoted when you look at the world a world that is 7 billion people strong you truly believe that all of us are going to be rich or that all of us uh, should focus on being rich is that is that a realistic idea and when you really look at evidence and all and you, you really incorporate the systems um, it is not going to happen seven billion people will not be rich because the system of capitalism does not work on that um, foundation whereas it says oh um, yeah seven billion people could potentially be rich it is not it is not that it is a far cry from that um, the reality is that we are, are going to be uh, stuck in a an, an organizational chart um, uh, uh, part, and we will be seeing uh, the top manager, the middle manager, and we're going to see the worker. The worker is where we are, the majority, and that is the that is the graph that we are working with, and it is the graph that we've been working with for quite some time, for many centuries, right? So to to believe that for rich people to believe that uh, you know all you have to do is work a little harder or work two jobs instead of one job and think that you know that is going to be the the cure the remedy to to the problems in this world it's it's unrealistic it is it is a detachment from reality it is one that um, no rich person should ever think think of yet. They, they tend to go into that direction once they have secured advantages and privileges. Um, it's unfortunate. It's, it's just the, uh, a reality that I wish I could change their minds on, a reality that I could you know, just tell them that, though you have, you, know, you have a great job, you have money, you have access to all those things, um, I would just like to change your mind as to how this is not going to be the, the case for everybody in this world. And the moment they realize that, the, the moment they see that visual, they see that uh, realness, um, perhaps they will change their ways. Um, you know, it's, it's a far-fetched idea, I know it is, but it's worth, <laughs> it's worth thinking about. It's worth believing that you can change the minds of people by just giving them a reality check. You can change the minds of people that by just reminding them that um, systems are not really, they don't always work. They don't always reach the people who they're supposed to reach. Systems don't always um, uh, give the, the, the resources. And the system of capitalism, for example, it is one of many systems. It, it is not doing that. It is not reaching us um, in, a, in a prosperous um, way. It is not reaching us in a healthy way because lack of resources will undermine the mental and physical well-being of individuals. So you have people, in, for example, who are in poverty, um, and you know, it, it's going to take more than a job to uplift those people. From, from poverty because it's it's not just a monetary thing. It is a mental thing. Uh, you have to remind that person that they did not deserve to 
be downgraded to a level of living on the streets and um, not having a home and having to, to be out in the cold or in the hot weather. You have to literally rearrange that mind and that psyche so that they can feel human again. So poverty is not, it is, it's a very dehumanizing experience. It is not something that we need to be brushing over. It is not something that we need to be thinking um, a job will solve um, the problem all the time. It is not going to solve the problem. We have to stop the problem is what we need to be doing. Get into the mindset of stopping poverty from ever happening. And that is uh, why we need to analyze capitalism. We need to stop, uh, you know, allowing people to face their downfall uh, in a way that they're losing their homes, they're losing their cars, and subsequently they they lose their dignity, the human dignity that we we strive so hard to maintain on a daily basis. Right? Um, the system of capitalism is not helping. It is not helping us at all. So it would be nice if we could just get rich rich people to see just how much damage they do, uh, that the the thirst for more more resources, their thirst for high-end uh, uh, products and items uh, makes things harder for the working class and poor people because they are the ones maintaining that system by marketing it, by believing that it is the best system. Whereas we, as the poor and working class, we are striving to raise our voices about the problems of the system. We do that through protesting, through aiming for unions and so forth. That is, those are all acts of, um, of, of humanitarian action, a call to action. Uh, and we are fighting here. We are uh, you know, just wanting to bring awareness to the rich, to the venture capitalists and say, you are destroying us. You are destroying our lives. You are destroying the environment. And you're doing it in the most blatant, ignorant way possible. Can you stop? To, to all rich people and venture capitalists who believe that they are doing the world a favor by being rich, just take another look at what your actions are doing to other people. Uh, as I said before, in this world, we have to connect with one another. We have to connect to uh, information. We have to connect to, um, you know, to each other. We do it anyway, but why not on a level of um, consideration, of respect, of aiming to um, analyze systems which are not giving everybody an equal chance, systems which are not um, providing even the basic necessities uh, for people. And that's the, the system of capitalism. It is not giving the basic, um, the basic needs so that people can thrive. So, you know, I'm at the library, my local library in Chicago, and I walked in and I came across this book that I saw on the shelf. And the book is called How the Other Half Eats by Priya Fiddling Singh. I may be butchering her name. I'm sorry about that. Her last name is S-I-N-G-H. And she's given like uh, some case, uh, you know, case studies or people whom she came across to write her book. And, you know, I was scanning through the book and I came up, came across a little area um, in chapter 14 of the book where she says she defines middle class. And, you know, some words we've been hearing for so long, but we 
we don't really find the, the need to define it. So I like that she defined it. She said the term middle class used to refer to Americans who had a steady income, a home, and savings for the future. But today, as the journalist Anne Helen Peterson has pointed out, being middle class mostly means being able to put bills on auto pay and service one's debt. So yes, there is a, I guess, a, a, a different definition from what it was in the past to what it is now. Um, because in the past, the middle class could afford things. When I think of Henry Ford, for example, Henry Ford created so many models and his employees were able to afford um, his automobiles. And that was his philosophy that I want my people to be able to afford things. And what if the venture capitalists today had that mentality? Uh, we would not be fighting for equal pay because they would be operating with the mindset of every employee in my company should be able to own a home should be able to own a car, take time for vacation, have money for vacation. How much of a different world we would have if that were the philosophy of that, if that were the mission of every company, we would have a completely different world, right? So she goes on to explain, uh, while the middle American middle class continues to buy and lease cars, purchase homes, though not at the rate they used to be, go on vacation and pay for kids' education and activities, they are now doing so by taking on significant debt. So now our reality is debt. Uh, you know, the middle class um, mostly, uh, but rich people do end up in debt. I mean, it's not like they don't, they don't escape it. Uh, they may just have more, um, more opportunities to undo it. Um, so she goes on to say, indeed, rates of middle-class debt have soared. In March 2020, household debt in the U.S. was $14.3 trillion, and student loan debt was $1.56 trillion, with the average student debt load for an individual just above $32,000. So, yeah, our reality is, is higher... Um, higher everything, right? Higher uh, debt, uh, pay is not as um, high as it should be. I mean, I have a bachelor's degree and I work for temp agencies and I'm always surprised at the pay rate that they send me because I, all I'm thinking is, do they not see that I have a bachelor's degree in business management? Like, uh, you know, if that, like I said, if the philosophy of every business were that, um, every employee should be able to have a, a healthy lifestyle under my company, the world would be better. And the world would be a better place because we would be working with intention. We would be working with purpose versus just working to pay mortgage and rent and, um, you know, car notes and not be able to take a vacation. Um, you know, it would be a completely different world. And, and that's why we have to create that world. That's why we have to aim to um, put that world in place because it is not the current status quo. The current status, the status quo now is that debt is our reality. Um, low pay is our reality. Um, more work, uh, having to take on two to three jobs if possible to pay those debt is our reality. And should that be should that be the, the storyline all the time? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. And only we can change that. We, the working class people, must change that. We must 
we must come together because we continue to think that assimilation is going to solve problems when it, it hasn't and it will not solve problems. Specifically for the, the, the system of capitalism, the only um, way it, it can change is when we uh, give it a second pair of eyes. We definitely look at all of, all of what it's doing and aim to make it better or to dismantle it, make a decision about it because we've had this system for many generations, right? So what, what, what are we going to lose if we, we come together and we start looking at its history we're going to gain a better world. And who would not want that? Who, who doesn't want a better world? Uh, because the world that we have now is just, is just in chaos. And capitalism is a, a big part of why it's in chaos. Uh, capitalism is causing so many discords among people, among people countries. Uh, it's not just individuals uh, who are bumping heads because of the competition in capitalism. It's countries, it's, it's leaders bumping heads. And, you know, we have to believe that there's something better for us. We have to believe that um, we can do better. And the, the first step is realizing that uh, we are the ones who are going to, to be the ones to implement betterment. Only we can do it. And hopefully we can do it with the help of the rich, of the rich to make them look at, uh, you know, the reality that is unfolding and not the perception of, of, of their reality. So join me. I hope you'll visit the website, dismantlecapitalismglobally.com. Visit YouTube and Capitalism Today. And I hope to have you again in the future. Thank you.